Okay, hey guys, welcome to Not Your Average Netizens. My name is Jimin, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Ash. Hey. And Matt. Hello. Yes, yes, yes. We are very excited to be finally be back with another episode. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. Like, so many things have been happening in the K-pop world since our last episode. So we're ready to get right into it. Um, let's just start off with what everybody's listening to. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I've been listening to TXT a lot. They have, I don't know, I think we reacted to this song um this mb it's called um can't you see me it's such oh my goodness it changed my life i've been listening to that of course i've been listening to super m infinity big chance you know how we do it's all all day every day super m um what else i've been listening to i've been listening to some western music oh by the way the txt can't you see me song rips very heavily for michael jackson's dirty diana just had to throw that out there because uh, i was wondering why do i like this song so much because it sounds exactly like dirty diana um so yeah but you know super m txt i can't think of anything else i've been listening to in terms of k-pop but yeah what about you guys we've been listening to um let's see so i have also been listening to a lot of super m and mostly i've been listening to oh i've been watching the one in monster and affinity video a lot um mostly because it has like low views <laughs> um so i've been like i'm not i'm not streaming it like obsessively or anything like that but you know i do try to watch it from time to time but i do mostly listen to infinity the superior version of that and also i've been listening to um big chance and wish you were here they actually did a live like i don't know if you saw it they did like a live youtube thing and um they did a live version of wish you were here and it was so cute it was they sounded so good too um and i did watch their live of, oh yeah 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 i saw that i loved it and then i did watch their live of um when on Ellen and they actually did sound live on that too. And they sounded really, really good. And I've been listening to mostly like Western music. I'll be very honest. A lot of like sugar babes, MKS girls aloud Saturdays, a lot of my Brit pop pop girls. Um, I have listened to some of the new black pink here and there trying to get like, you know, a better feel of it. Cause you know, I wasn't like super, I mean, we'll get into it, but, <laughs> um, and I've been listening to like a lot of like bulky older sort of stuff, like, um, Simon and Garfunkel, um, Nights in White Satin and the Moody Blues and like a lot of that kind of stuff too. But yeah, that's about it for me. What about you, Ash? Um, I haven't been listening to a lot of K-pop because I've been busy and I've been sick, but I will say that unwillingly, I have been listening to a lot of BTS and Blackpink because the gym I go to constantly plays Dynamite and Ice Cream, like, every five seconds. So, like, I'm working out and I get distracted because BTS is on, and I'm working out and I get distracted because Blackpink is on. So... I have those songs stuck in my head now. Um, and then a little bit of like 
old school K-pop, like not old, old school, but like, you know, second, third gen, um, sister, wonder girls, um, a little bit of like super junior from back then and big bang. And, um, who else? Um, 2 PM, a little bit of that. And mostly with Western music, I've been trying to find new artists. So I've been listening to my YouTube curated playlist and they haven't been doing too bad. I'm trying to find new ways of finding like music, like undiscovered, like indie artists, like that aren't indie, but like, like are pop artists, but like, indie artists like Rina Sawayama you know she's considered an indie artist but she does pop primarily so yeah I've just been searching and just trying to find new stuff to listen to so yeah okay nice um I definitely agree with the too much dynamite and too much ice cream uh Dynamite actually has a Samsung commercial that plays a lot. And I don't know if you guys have seen that, but um seems like those more those songs with the pre- predominantly English lyrics are getting a lot of play. So um but yeah, okay, so let's talk about comebacks. Um of course Blackpink just came back, you know, with the album. Um and we did do a live stream. Uh, to do sort of like a live reaction album review listening party kind of thing all in one Um, and just kind of some of our I remember some of our takeaways from that I personally felt like the album needed to grow on me there were some songs that were some songs that were pretty strong for me Um, but all in all I think they could have had something a little stronger and I and I was anticipating something a little stronger um, and just to kind of recap what you guys felt about it, you know, of course, since that was alive, we don't have that anymore. What did you guys end up, you know, what was your conclusion about the album? If you haven't already said it. Um, I was a bit generous with the album. I gave it a 6.8 on my scale. Um, just because I think it was better than what I was expecting. Um, like Eugene, man, I felt like they had some strong stuff and not so strong stuff, but I kind of looked at it as like, it's like Blackpink at the crossroads. Like you have the Teddy stuff on the album and you have the non-Teddy stuff. And it's like, if you guys want to make it to the next level, you got to pick a lane and, and stay in it. Like, I feel like, the Teddy stuff just dragged it down so much from, you know, what it could have been because I did enjoy most of the non-Teddy songs. I didn't love all of them, but like Love Sick Girls and um, I can't remember the name of what was the last song on the album, like the slowish mid-tempo song. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, I think it was like they 
no don't know they some some wait let me see the album black <laughs> I, know, I, I looked it up too but the, i do agree that was like the best song on the album mm-hmm. <laughs> you never yeah. know you never know i was like see i knew it was i was close uh you never know that <laughs> what did yeah. you say at first they better don't know no <laughs> i said they don't they don't know or they know or they don't know like you that, or something yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I just look at it as those two songs kind of showed some growth to me or like at least a look into what they could be if they dropped all the YG swag, supposed swag and and bad girl, you know, bitches, this and that and lean more into like a softer, more playful image that I think fits them better. It just you know, just in my opinion, it does. And it fits through music as well. So yeah, I I definitely would like for them to continue in that lane. So Okay. Yeah. So I um I actually gave him a six and I felt that that was quite generous as well. Um (laughs) I did not like the album and I have liked Black Pink albums before. So you know, it just wasn't my thing. I thought that Pretty Savage was a terrible song. I thought most facts. of the songs... Hi? Hi? Facts. Big facts. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, and I just felt like some of the Teddy stuff was good. Some of the Teddy stuff wasn't. Some of the like non-Teddy stuff was good. Like, it was all over the place. But I do agree with Ash that Love Sick Girls and Never Know are the best songs on the album. Uh, it's not... Surprising that Love Stick Girls was actually co-written at least and co-produced by the girls. Well, Jenny co-produced it and then Jenny and G Stoke had lyrics on there. Um, and I feel like that allowed the song to be softer because they're not hardcore, you know, pretty savage. Like they're not that kind of girl. So I think they were able to infuse that into the song. And that's why it made it very palatable. And the um, we were born to be alone. Like that part's very catchy. Um, sort of like looking at you, look at you now, look at me. Like, you know, like they're really good at those, like really hooky things. So I like hooky lines. So I feel like it works. And then you never know. It's just a beautiful song. Sorry. It's a ballad, first of all, which we don't really get a lot from. We had singing Lisa, which is a superior Lisa, clearly. Uh, So yeah, um, I honestly... You know, I might even move it down to like a five. I just didn't like the album. I thought it was not very good. I mean, there wasn't like, and even the songs I thought that were really strong did nothing for me. I don't know. Like, I guess for my enjoyment, it's a five. As an album itself, it's a six. I was surprised to say that Bet You Wanted by Cardi B actually had grown on me. Uh, so that, and I think, Crazy Over You, one of those, either Crazy Over You, Love to Hate Me, one of those songs actually started to sort of grow on me too after I like gave the album a bit more of a listen, but I'm not, I'm not really reaching for it. I'd rather listen to the Super M album <laughs> in full than listen to the 28 minutes of Blackpink's the album, you know? Um, but I, we, even though we did a live stream, I believe we recorded that so we can still air it and post it. And normally our album reviews are Patreon only, but I think we're going to put it out as just like a, is a free lesson for everybody. So I think that's kind of the goal. So you guys can look out for that at the very least. If you want the deep dive into the album, it's a 20 minute, 20 minute album guys. So 
it's not long. <laughs> yeah. And we've already listened to two of the songs because two of them were pre-releases. So it's a six album song. Okay. Like it's a six, six song album. I mean, it's not, it's not pushing any boundaries or, or doing anything different or new. I don't think, but yes, we'll yes, see. yes. we definitely will. Um, but other than Blackpink coming back uh, last week, of course, we had Super M come back recently, um, which we did an album review for that. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and then some other comebacks I that are coming up, you know, in October uh, and so forth. I'm personally looking forward to quite a few. I know NCT is coming back with NCT 2020. That looks which, good. Yes, it that does. It like SM is really putting their money into them um, because like the album or I guess event previews that I've been seeing with all of them in suits and stuff like that. Like it is pretty, pretty awe inspiring. I think they look, they look great. So <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I want to see what they do. And it's supposed to include all of the NCT units, right? Correct. Um, and then two with two new members, uh, Shotaro and Sunchan. And there are some rumors floating around that possibly Shotaro could be, uh, in addition to it, sort of an NCT Japan uh, concept with Utah uh, that is yet to be seen. But very interesting stuff going on. If they were to sort of swap out Utah with Sungchan for um, NCT 127 and then have Utah kind of be the leader of uh, an NCT Japan, so to speak. So is yeah. Johnny also J- Japanese? No, Johnny is Korean. Really? I don't know why I thought he was Japanese this whole time. Um, yeah, but, also, but also, too, like, they wouldn't necessarily need to swap them out, right? Because isn't Ten still a part of 127? No, Ten was never a part of 127. Are you? You? It's you, right? Was he not a part of you? Well, that's the thing. You is not really a group. You, I like to think of it in terms of it's a rotational unit. So it's literally just like the moniker that you take on when you assemble any uh, any members of NCT as a whole. You know what I mean? So okay, so it's like home base. Like no, it's not even home base. I would say it's more like a um, you know how SM has um, SM has like the stations. Yeah. That's what you is, except for it's just for NCT members only. Oh. So it can be any combination of NCT members. It's not fixed. It doesn't have to be, you know, 10 every time. Um, it can be any combination of NCT members, big or small, as long as they come from, you know, different units within NCT and it's, you know, those units put together, mm-hmm. uh, it goes under the U name. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm personally really excited for NCT 2020 and I definitely agree that they look good. Uh, the edges are a little bit, well, the edges are fine. It's more so the ends. The ends are a little fried. <laughs> Too much time. <laughs> yeah. Stylist, stylist, Uni, well, in their case, stylist Nuna, she needs to um, figure it out because. I don't know what's going on. It looks like a mop. Looks like a rag needs to be fixed. Um, but other than that, no, they look great. And the concept seems very heady, which NCT always has these like futuristic type things. Yep. I'm interested. 
Uh, I'm also really, really looking forward to TXT's comeback. Um, I might be low-key becoming a stan. Like, no, not a stan. I can never be a stan. A fan. Like, okay. low-key. Because we got to do an album review for them. But, like, I... You know how, like, we your YouTube recommended just keeps playing similar songs to, like, yes. whatever is the first song you listen to? Yeah. I started off on, I think, Super M Infinity and somehow ended up, like, knee-deep into, like, a TXT album. And I don't even know which one it was, but, like, they had some bangers. And I'm just looking forward to it, to their comeback, as well as Seventeens and Luna's, of course. Of course. Luna, their last offering wasn't no. great. Nope. <laughs> like their last title track, I was like, mm, I don't know about it. Seemed like they were going for NCT style. And yes. the thing about NCT style is like it only works for them. It doesn't work for and other Honestly, people. sometimes it doesn't. So <laughs> you know, you can only take so much noise, but are there any comebacks that you guys are looking forward to? I know Twice is coming back. Our favorite Golden Child is coming back. I know we stand Golden Child. What are you guys looking forward to? Um, I actually like. I feel like I was most looking forward to Blackpink and Super M, and now they have come. So I don't really have much of a comeback. I mean, I was excited for Hina's comeback, but then she got ill, and so. Um, I think Don is still coming back and I think his trailer, um, his album teasers or something like that already came out. Mama Moo's coming out. So, I mean, that should be something interesting. We kind of liked the last song, even though it's like a commercial yeah. or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like still hoping for Big Bang to do something before the year's out. I don't think it's going to be an album. It's like so late already I, I but i feel i would love if they just came back with a single like uh you know like here's the 2021 20, or something i don't know that would be pretty dope so i am kind of hoping for something like that but yeah that's it for me what about you ash mm, i'm interested to see what luna and twice do um Twice has been coming through with some bops the last couple of comebacks. So I actually kind of look forward to their songs now. And <laughs> Luna, I think I said one time before that I'm always kind of looking to see if they like match the, I don't know what I'm trying to say, the um, potential. Uh, that they had with the subgroups and all of that. Like, I just feel like it hasn't been there yet. And it seems like each comeback, it's like trying something different, you know, and they haven't really hit with that same magic. So we'll see what they do this time. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like they should just do like BTS does have like an album and have like maybe three group songs and then just do subunits and solos <laughs> like i feel like that should be like the entire album because the solo work that they were able to do and the unit work that they were able to do is just unmatched in my opinion um compared to the group offerings i mean i hated butterfly high high was you know what it was i didn't mind favorite but it did feel like a pre-release like it sounded like a pre-release so okay 
let's get into the show. Um, first and foremost, probably the most important thing to happen this past week and a half. Key, our shiny key, Kim Kibal, was discharged for the military. Woo! Yay! Uh, almost back. <laughs> almost back. Uh, I saw a lot of jokes floating around because I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, last year on Key's birthday, Tamman broke into his apartment. Yes, I remember. <laughs> and, and stole his clothes. And so the pictures of the break-in. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Shawals are very uh, excited and sort of anticipating Key's reaction and how Key's going to get Tamman back. Um, I'm excited because I really want Key to tear Tamman a new one. Because he needs it. Tamman has been living his best life with Super M. He's been going wild. Um, and he has forgotten that he is the Machne of Shiny. And he can still get these hands if he messes with any of the young line. So, and I mean, out of all of them, Key's likely, the most likely to give him those hands too. So. Facts. <laughs> Very much facts. So what do you guys, I mean, I know I'm excited about key getting out of course you know minho is still in the military i believe yep. and timon still has to go um yeah. but what do you guys what are, what are we feeling about you know potentially a short a very brief shiny uh reunion um at least with three out of five for now before uh minho is relieved from his duties what are we thinking I actually just realized like earlier today when I saw that it came like that key had been released that I, I actually totally forgot that Timon hadn't actually even done his service yet because I was like oh shiny's back we're gonna go back to regular schedule and then I was like wait no wait no Timon has to go and do the whole like you know 18 16 months whatever it is now yes, so um I think I'm kind of sad because it's still crying means- real <laughs> tears out here. It, it, it kind of means that we won't really like. I know that um, they have hinted like they want to do something. I guess before Tamin goes to the army, but mm-hmm. it won't be the same because you know they they probably won't be able to. Because I mean, and I guess it's the same for B- for Super M. Actually, now that I think about it, because him and Beckyan have to go, so we're gonna probably not get the full kind of. Um, promo deal and they probably won't tour um if, if they oh, do yeah. if they do like a regular you know like comeback cycle so it is kind of sad but you know they they have to do what they have to do for their country i mean it's, it's the right for every man in korea so and i think Taemin will do a good job he's probably just going to be like Sang and um Taeyang from big bang and just perform everywhere because that's yes what, that's all probably that is all they did. They Honestly, just, that's all that Key does and all that Oni did. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. It, it seems like Minho is the only one that actually does like military-esque stuff. He's like a sergeant or something. Like he, okay, he's looking super fine first. But also he's <laughs> like, like he's like, he, I think he just gra- like got the highest rank he could get in the army or some, some like as a, I guess during his two years there. Um, so he's, He's pretty high up there. He's he's doing a good job. I mean, I didn't re- expect less. Anything less. Yeah. I yeah. mean, okay, no, come on <laughs> no. now. DVDVD. So, yeah. Flaming uh, <laughs> Chris, my minnows. <laughs> I still never understood Shiny's <laughs> little nicknames. Um, 
But yeah, no, I'm like super excited to have even just like the briefest of reunions before Tamman has to go. And honestly, with the way COVID's going, like I can see shorter military um, enlistments going for it for idols. And then, you know, there's the whole conversation of like whether, you know, certain idols even have to enlist. And I feel like you can't really, I feel like either all idols have to enlist or no idols have to enlist. Absolutely. You can't just like make the decision single-handedly that only one or, you know, a couple of idols are having such an impact on South Korea's tourism industry because as we can see, you know, it's a collective effort. In the words of the great Jenny Kim, Blackpink is also paving the way for South <laughs> Korea and the West. But that's another conversation for another time. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Ash, do you, what do you have any thoughts about Key being discharged from the military? Um, I'm happy for Shiny fans. Ah. Thank you. Brevity is your strong suit. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, we can make a whole episode about Key coming back. And Ash is like, I'm happy for the shallows. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, with all the conversations about who um, has to enlist and who, you know, should be exempt, this and the other, I think it's a good kind of I think I think we need better measurements of like who should be allowed to be exempt obviously your impact on you know South Korea economy is great but also the way you spread the South Korean culture and the way you spread you know what the principles that the country is built on and the principles that the people of the country operate on I think are also important and no better, there's no better way to see that than your responses to, you know, global issues um, as a country and as members of the culture that that country, um, you know, the culture that originates in that country. And I think a, a paragon of this, though not necessarily uh, a group of people who have to enlist, a paragon of this is the pre-debut Nugu group, I guess is what you want to call it, yours. Um, recently, uh, yours, I think that's their group name. I'm kind of unclear because it's, it's this, this entertainment company called Deep Studio Entertainment is debuting a project called yours. And the, the idea behind the project is that the viewers vote through social media, the fans vote through social media, which girls they want to debut with this group. Um, and they're doing it by kind of showcasing the uh, trainee process on YouTube. And part of the trainee process is the education that the trainees receive. Um, and very recently, they uploaded a video onto their YouTube channel of their some of their trainees, seven of them receiving um, a, a sort of a, doing a workshop, if you will, about cultural appropriation. And, you know, I personally thought that it was a good way to showcase that, uh, you know, though they're, you know, of course, we talk a lot about it on the show, uh, South Korean, you know, idols <laughs> are not the most culturally sensitive people. And, you know, there's been a lot of scandals around it that 
in my opinion, have brought some sort of negative press to South Korea, um, particularly like with the very recent Sam Ochetti situation. That was not a good look on South Korea um, as a whole. It just kind of looked like, you know, your culture devalues uh, the people, the very people that, you know, like Sam Ochetti, who, you know, he's doing he's done a lot in South Korea and they're devaluing his contributions, devaluing his voice as a black man and ultimately devaluing the the experience of black people in South Korea. Um, and so I thought, you know, seeing what Deep Studio Entertainment was doing with giving their members sort of a crash course on the cultural appropriation or their potential members of the, the group project, yours, a crash course on the cultural appropriation, I thought is pretty cool. Um, and so basically what they did was they sat the girls down in the room and they did sort of a PowerPoint presentation of this comic that was created by a South Korean artist who, you know, she often, she posts in a newspaper, I believe, a local newspaper. Um, and it was a comic that got popular a while ago and she got trashed for it by uh, netizens, K-netizens. But they, Deep Studio Entertainment, decided to show their trainees this um, presentation. And honestly, it was really interesting, really cool. Um, just seeing them go through the each, you know, each page of the comic, which corresponded to, you know, different topics about, you know, blackface and uh, the importance of hair in the black community and what different hairstyles symbolize and the history behind those hairstyles and why it's important to not appropriate those hairstyles and make fun of them or try to, you know, pass it off as a trend or a fad. Um, and they went very deeply into it um, as deep as they could for an eight minute video. And I thought it was pretty well done. And I think, you know, it's it's a good springboard uh, for these trainees. Uh, it's a good session for them to have. And it makes you wonder, you know, do other companies do this? Or if they do, why doesn't it work? And if they don't, you know, why don't they do it? It's a it's a good training, seems seems like to me. And um, yeah, I just want to know, what do you guys think about it? Have you guys heard of it? I know, Nat, you and I watched the video of the girls, uh, you know, during their the presentation the little meeting they had uh ash i don't know if you've seen it but if you have what are your thoughts on it did you you think it was a good training do you think it's something that should be implemented at all companies do you think that they, they could have done it better you know what are your general thoughts uh well i did as you said, I did watch it and it was concise. It was straight to the point. It had a lot of good, solid, usable examples that were relatable and very specific to the Korean sort of identity and the Korean history. Um, and I just thought that they, whoever put that together did a fantastic job. And I like how it was interactive. It wasn't just the girls learning. It was like discussions, like we're talking about cultural appropriation. What do you think? You know, and the girls were able to sort of discuss it and and make it more palatable for themselves as well. This whole concept thing is really interesting. So there's 16 girls. They upload videos of themselves dancing, singing, unboxing gifts, things like that. And then the based on the votes from the public, that determines who's going to debut in the group. That is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean... You definitely have to be like on top of it if you want your girl to debut, though, <laughs> uh, because you, I don't know, like I don't see a time frame for this. But yeah, I don't know. It's like taking a reality sort of like um, like a taking 
a K-pop star or an American idol or something like that. And, and sort of just, I guess, instead of sending your girl to, um, you know, where IOI is, what was that, what was that show called that created like IOI and a one one and those people produce one one Yeah. Instead of sending your kids, your, your, your trainees off to produce one one it's, it's an in-house situation. So it's all your trainees. So you stand to make all the money off of whoever's more popular. And because the, the audience decides they are the ones who will continue to support these people because they feel like they had a hand in creating them and their destiny, I guess. It's a very smart, calculated move. I'm impressed. Um, but yeah, I'm very interested in yours and how this goes about. I did I did very much enjoy that eight-minute video and uh, the conversations that they had. And I, I wish that other companies had that information. I don't think they do, personally, uh, but I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, Ash, have you heard of that video? Cause I hadn't heard of it until Jimin told me about it. No, this is new to me. Like I haven't even heard of the project group. Like, oh yeah, no, I just Googled the project group. I didn't know anything about it either. I didn't, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't know about that or the, um, the appropriation, cultural appropriation thing. So I didn't know, like, but Jimin, you said that it was wasn't received well in South Korea. Well, the original comic that so they're doing a presentation that's based on this original comic, and the original comic was not received well in South Korea. The artist who drew the comic uh, was heavily bullied by Knets, and they were calling her like a traitor and all kind of things. Like she received lots of negative press, so. It is very shocking to me that they even use that as the basis of their presentation anyway, just seeing how it was received, at least from KNET. So, yeah, yeah, that's not surprising to me, considering how they treated um, Sam. I can't remember his name now. Sam? Sam, yes. Yes. Uh, well, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should create a. Um, a sort of similar like guide and sell it to SME or something. I don't know. Honestly, I would be <laughs> really down for creating a guide like that. <laughs> I feel like that would be super interesting and super fun. And also, um, and not because I feel the need to educate these idols. I just think it's interesting, even from like my perspective and, you know, anybody can learn how to be cultural, culturally sensitive, not just like K-pop idols, you know? Absolutely. Though it is cool that, you know, this company, like, went out of their way and did a training for it. Not went out of their way because it's something you should be doing anyway. But I think that the way they did it and the way that they were able to connect it back to the Korean experience. I mean, multiple times in the video, the instructor who um, I believe is one of the current trainees, she would say things like, well, you know, you know, us Koreans, we have had similar experience such as this, that, and the other, right? I thought that that was very effective. I think sometimes if that's what people need to be yeah. able to see themselves, I, I don't think you should have to need that, but sometimes that is what people need to be able to see themselves and others for them to be able to empathize on that level. Um, so, no, I, I personally thought it was a good idea and I was impressed with how they did it. And I'm, I hope more companies are doing this not necessarily and and i know that there was a big thing about you know did they just do this for social media and the U youtube or whatever 
I don't think that <laughs> at all. I don't, I mean, obviously there's some element of that because they're a group that's literally based on getting votes. Um, but you know, from social media, but I just feel like at the same time, given the way Knets have reacted to anyone who has sympathized with the black plight in the black struggle, I, I don't think that they had much to gain from doing that video in the way they did. So, okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that was good discussion. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of trainees and yeah. training for training with um, smaller companies, I suppose a recent news article came out about a trainee who was under the pseudonym Minjun. Um, he was training with a company to debut with them. Uh, and he became a trainee at the age of 16. And he had been training for eight years. He, he originally came, he had been training with the company for eight years. He originally thought he was going to debut pretty quickly right after he um, started training with the company. But yeah, he was with them for eight years and ended up racking up a debt of $518,037 US dollars, which is the equivalent to 600 million Korean won. Uh, and then he left the company. Um, so at this point in time, he uh, is in considerable debt to the company. Uh, and, you know, according to reports, he was verbally abused, he was bullied. He suffered from severe depression and panic disorder. Um, and the lawsuit, the agency filed lawsuits against him, among many other things. So uh, he just had a very sort of tumultuous experience as a trainee with this company. Um, and so now he's left with this considerable debt. And he said, you know, verbatim, this is a quote directly from him. For the eight years I was a trainee, I never received training, not even once. <laughs> wow. The only training he received was a life lecture sermon given by the CEO, is what he said. The CEO said he would receive 1 million Korean won, which is equivalent to 863 US dollars per hour when he gives lectures at university. So he would preach to the members for up to 10 hours a week and included the 1 million Korean won per hour in the lecture fee they had to repay. The CEO calculated the monthly lectures, the monthly lecture times the tuition time, sorry, the monthly lecture times and tuition fees. Then he made a sign a document agreeing to pay the fees. So, Wow. He goes on to say they forced us to get plastic surgery and yelled at us to lose 10 pounds per month. We had to take photos without clothes every morning. They would point at the trainees faces using the temples of the glasses saying you need to fix this part of your face as they sarcastically mock the trainees. So these this was abuse. I mean, this was a uh, type of treatment that nobody should be subject to. And unfortunately, this poor trainee under the pseudonym Minjun was subject to this. Now, I don't see 
any reports on what company this was, but uh, I mean, he, if he wanted to, he definitely has a good lawsuit on his hands for violation of basic human rights. Um, and you know, this debt of $518,000 is ridiculous in and of itself, given what the fact that he wasn't even trained, he was just, you know, it was just the, his, the CEO talking to them, lecturing them about what seems like absolutely nothing. So uh, this is just an insane story. And I, I want to see what you guys think about it. Well, in the same article, they actually talked to a girl named Gina, who was yes. a member of an idol group. And she also pretty much had very similar situation, except she was, she didn't mention that she was also molested by the CEO of her company as well. Um, so it's, I, I, I mean, I know we, in the K-pop community, we kind of don't like the angle of like the dark side of K-pop, but there is a dark side of K-pop, you know? And I think we still need to be honest about that fact. It was really interesting with this article um, because it also mentioned um, Jang Jae-yeon's suicide, where she let, said she left like a pretty much a Bible of all the people who like assaulted her. And to this day, no one can find it. And the people are pretty much like, I think it's like well-known in Korea the people who were involved in that but she never got justice nobody really did anything about it and all of the people who were involved got older and richer and you know more famous and less famous so it's 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 this sort of continuous cycle i think of these kids wanting to be idols and wanting to be famous and you know on stage and celebrities and yet it it's one of those things that doesn't happen for everybody. It absolutely can't, you know? And it's also this is sort of double-edged sword where you bust your ass as a trainee and for the slight chance of debuting, and then sometimes you debut and you're in a flop group that never does anything. And so it's like even doubly hard to debut in a successful group, you know? Um, it's actually really interesting. Like, this is all about being a trainee. And I read Shine and Shiny, Shine, sorry, Jessica Jung's book was also all about being a trainee at, at um, was it DB Entertainment or something like that? I mean, it was something similar to SME. Like, it wasn't exactly that, but it was very something, something very similar. And, uh, and how, like, you have this small window to debut because you can't debut too old. Uh, because then nobody wants you. Like, K-pop is a youth game, you know? And in the book, she actually also showed, mentioned that they were pretty much beaten in some cases um, if they dis disobeyed them or if, you know, they had gained too much weight or whatever. So it, it's insane. Like, even at these big-ass companies where you would think that they have you know, a lot of lawyers there who are supposed to keep them in line, they're still get also getting away with the same sort of si similar situation um, that you hear about from these young, these startup companies and these like, new companies. It's, it's rough. I, I'm, I actually do like in, in closing, I guess, I kind of commend Gina and Minjin for um, coming forward and for sharing their stories. Cause I feel like, Sorry, I'm in June because I feel like people need to know that there is this chance. There is a huge chance that you can be chewed up and spit out by the idol industry. You know, it's not all roses and sunshine. 
there are a lot of people who make it out of it with a lot of emotional and mental and physical scars, you know? So this article, I mean, it's on a site that we hate. Yeah. But it's also very helpful, I think. And I, I do think we need to have these conversations also. It can be always just rainbow and, and, and sunshine and billboard number ones and number twos, you know, it's, there's so much bad that can go wrong. And it's not like, it's you in the workforce in your 20s. It's an 11-year-old who trains, you know, in a big company. You know, it's it's children. These are children's dreams that we're talking about. So I think we should definitely have these conversations. I think we should definitely encourage these these trainees and things like that to speak up if if something is not right in a company that they're in. And I hope, I honestly do hope that they win these lawsuits and that they, these companies get some sort of punishment we know like korean punishment is not great uh but some punishment would be i i think it would help sort of curb some of this behavior personally but yeah um what do you guys wanna what do you guys think anything else to add ash um i agree with everything you guys said i mean it's just a really predatory industry and there needs to be more talked about about the downsides and the risk of what these kids are doing and you know the chances that they have of actually becoming successful and there also needs to be more accountability on the part of i don't know on the part of these people that are running these companies and there needs to be more oversight as far as vetting these people and investigating these people to make sure they aren't harming these trainees and, you know, taking advantage of them. And, you know, I'm sure there are people that are, you know, doing that have these companies that are, you know, doing this just to, you know, like this guy was like, he wasn't even putting a, together a group. It was just to degrade these, you know, young adults. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good that those two individuals, you know, came forward and, and said something about their experiences. Yeah. I think that is it on that topic. So the next topic is about trap singer. Kwon Do Won or Woon, sorry, he has come out, yay, as gay, and wanted to speak out for the human rights of sexual minorities. Uh, so this is actually like a really big deal in in Korea, I would think, because um, you know, I'm, like over here <laughs> in the West, uh, so people a lot come of- out like every three days. <laughs> Yeah, but there's still there's still you know open discrimination against them, right? Oh even yes, with, definitely. That's, yeah. I, that's what I'm trying to point out. Like even with the fact that people you know do there's a larger number of people who are out and married and proud and you know parading and things like that. Like yes, but there still is discrimination and backlash that they face here. So I mean, I can't even imagine doing it in a country like Korea, where uh, it's so 
same, you know, like everybody has to be one hive mind, you know, and the hive mind is that, you know, we will do anything to continue the greatness of Korea, you know, and that involves people getting married to people of the opposite sex and having children, having 100% Korean children in Korea. Uh, so it, it is very surprising. Um, so he told Osen that he received inspiration from chef Han Suk Chun, who is hilarious. He's such a cool chef. Uh, he's, although I do not know him personally, I had the chance to meet him several times and he gave me courage. When we met for an unofficial reason, I was able to see a very happy side of him and I thought it would be best for me to come out when I had nothing to lose. So I did. It would be very hard for me if there was a lot that I could lose. Um, he did mention, though, that people tried to dissuade him and he did worry about his friends, family members, acquaintances and whatnot um, and how they would see him after he has he came out. But he, he did reveal that I think this is something I have to go through in life. And even though I have already began to get accustomed to the entertainment industry, it's, be it's better to face difficulties first, as some people would say. So I thought it would be appropriate to do it now. I want to speak out for the human rights of sexual minorities and play a role in opening the horizon for people in the entertainment industry to come out. Going forward, I want to speak. I want to become someone who can speak out for the voices of sexual minorities. Uh, so, yeah, it's actually a big deal. Like, a really, really big deal in, in Korea. And I wish him all the best. I hope. And, and like, it's crazy because this is in light of his 10th anniversary. So he's been in the industry for a while, um, for a long time. Uh, and it would be kind of scary, you know, to have some sort of momentum in, in some way and, and to think that you could lose it all just for being honest about who you are, you know? And so I, I applaud him and I wish him all the best and I hope that he doesn't face, you know, the negativity from ignorance that I'm sure will be there. But yeah, I'm very happy about that. And I think it is a big deal. And I, I do hope it, it helps people sort of live their truth a little bit more openly and honestly without fear. Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. Okay. Just the, oh. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I just have, I, I'm a little slow getting to my mute button, but um, no, I definitely agree just with everything you said. Um, it, it's very revolutionary and it's a good thing um, to see. And I, I just hope that this sets a positive precedent because we know, as we know, uh, um, even if, you know, something bold like this happens, South Korea, South Korean people, some, not all, have a way of burying the positivity. Um, yep. Yes. Yep. We can see with KNET. So, so <laughs> yes. So, but also, yeah. the internet does bring out like the worst people because of right. the anonymity. So, like, it's not surprising that it could be easily like if if you if he googles his name if he sees only bad things i can i can totally see that happening um so i'm hoping he doesn't google his name <laughs> yes please <laughs> bad stay idea. away from google yeah honestly everybody who's not like uh a young attractive south, like straight male in south korea should stay away from google because yes you will not see positive things um okay. well neighbor um <laughs> yeah all right. Uh, so the next topic is something that I have labeled as only something that I would um, be excited about. So Supergroup Tiara has uh, okay come back together. 
<laughs> um, they reunited. It was as a four-member group. So it's just Cree, Ngjing, um, what's oh wait why did i forget their names for a second there wait why did i forget their names um, okay clearly this is not <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wait a minute how can you introduce them and it's really a brand way it's really funny because i totally follow them on instagram too and all i'm thinking right now of is soyeon and boram who are not even in the group anymore because yes. they were missing from the performance uh because i i I actually haven't seen Boram in like a hundred years. So I'm, I'm not even sure what she's doing with her life or if that's even a possibility. But anyways, so Jian, Eunjin, Kree, and Hyomin came together as a four member group and, and they performed two songs. They performed Roly Poly and they performed Sexy Love. And it was really cute. It was, it, I mean, I don't think that they did anything super special. It just, it was special because they reunited. Um, but I did really like how the, 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 I guess the YouTube page or the, the actual show that they were on, I think it's called like MMT. They had done this cool sort of form of editing where they edited, like they recorded the new performance and then they sort of like, um, sort of intercut it with scenes like with their old performances when they were actually promoting these songs. So you would see like Jian now and then like you see the sort of like a flashback of her like, you know, six years ago or whatever, performing Sexy Love on, on you know, MBK or something like that. So it is actually really, it was really cool. Um, and it was, it was nice. I mean, I did sort of uh, predict that with trying to open up, opening up again, that TR, that Tiara would maybe find a way to become more relevant as a group again. And then this happened. And then Jian was also on, like, she did some sort of reality show that she had IU on as well because they're really close friends. So I'm hoping that this means that we are going to see more of them as a group, whether it's a four member version or the originals. Well, not the yeah, the original six. Um, they've had a lot of members come in and out, even pre to beat. So there's been a lot of tier members. But if if we get just the four or if we get the six, I will be happy. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a nice surprise. It really did brighten my 2020. Uh, so we'll see where they go from there. Anything that you guys want to add? I would like to see them perform some of their older songs. It probably won't happen, but I would love to see some stuff from the Absolute first album because that album is fire. So I go crazy for you. Yes. Um, yeah, you know what? We actually do have to review the Absolute first album. <laughs> I feel like that was like on the list of things that we wanted to sort of review and, and go over, but it it never really um, came to fruition yet because there's so, there's so much K-pop coming out that it's, it's like every time you put something on the list, there's like four new albums that have been released at that time, you know? But yeah, if they had done like Bo Peep, Bo Peep or like, you know, Time to Love or something like that, that would have been cool too. So I'm excited. I'm I'm hoping that, you know, with China opening up and that being their major money-making market, that this will open up some opportunities for them to come together a lot more. Maybe this is why Hyoman and those girls are still friends with the um, their old CEO, the scumbag. Maybe th this is the reason because they want to be able to perform the songs and they don't want to have any sort of like red tape around them. 
I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they're thinking long term, you know? Not for I the didn't know term. they were friends with him. I thought like everybody had just like cut ties in that whole no. situation. No, no, they met with him like I think it was earlier this year or something like that. They all had like some dinner together or something like that. And yeah, it was like Hyoman was there and I think Injing was there. I don't know if Jion was there as well. Uh, but yeah, it seems like they're still very close with the CEO. And even though I would personally egg him if I ever met him in person, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> they have definitely more grace than I do. <laughs> but yes, that was the Tiara corner of this episode. Uh, so the next topic is Super Juniors. Real, is it real? Wook? Real Yook? Ah, whatever. Real Wook? Uh, it's one of those Ryo. hard. It's one of those hard Korean words to sort of say. Right, like Leo. Yeah, Wook. Say Leo. 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 Leo Wook. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> it is a very tongue twisty kind of name. Um, is dating you twisted your tongue to say it? Okay, that was unnecessarily aggressive. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's dating ex Tahiti member Ari. Um, and hey, Tahiti, aka uh, potential breakup song, potential breakup song, <laughs> aka lovesick. I love that song, but anyways, uh, they are dating and elves are acting as elves tend to act when members of this, you know, 10 15 year group decide that they want to be in relationships and not be celibate for the rest of their lives. They have gone nuts. So, <laughs> so there is already a collage of pictures of these, the, the two of them floating around the internet. It is very strange. I don't even know where this person got these photos from, but a fan has already made a collage of their relationship. Anyways, uh, so a couple of Girl, days. Fans <laughs> are next level. Sorry. Um, so it it was reported that they were in a relationship. So label SJ, which is a Super Junior's self-run label, uh, confirmed it. And then he came out with this apology that was it was interesting. Okay. It sounded like he was very much sorry and also afraid. Um, of the reveal so he said i'm sorry for making you all wait for so long i was worried about how to start while thinking about the elf who must felt who must have felt hurt by news no matter what i say first of all i feel very sorry to announce that there's a friend i'm seeing in this way thinking about it i think elf approved <laughs> sorry i'm sorry I'm, I'm laughing because that's how he, he mentions that he's in a relationship with somebody a friend that i am seeing that way he said, I'm "Yeah, deceased. there's a friend I'm seeing the, uh, iron in this <laughs> <laughs> I every time I read that line, I'm just like, okay, okay. So thinking about it, I think Elf have provided me with so much support and consideration for me to see that friend. I should have been more considerate to Elf, and I'm reflecting on that. I think my lack of consideration has caused more confusion. The friend, how many times is he gonna call her a friend that I, was being talked about? I am dating her." Oh, he actually says it. There are misunderstandings that have been going around. There are some stories that I have never said or thought about. Well, Super Junior and Elf are so precious to me. It's a shame that there are so many false rumors spreading. I have hurt my Elf a lot. The names and expressions that were made on Bumble were sincere. And I think that's like Bumble is sort of like the fan cafe or whatever that they use. 
And that's what he uses to communicate with them. He doesn't really have social media, according to a lot of the stuff in this that I'm going to skip. So he's just saying that that's my point of contact. That's where you can find information, blah, blah, blah. He says, I'm very, I am also very sorry to my my members who must have been very surprised. I will think carefully before acting from now on. I will become someone who has a great sense of responsibility to pay back all of the trust and support you have shown me. I will do my best to not damage Super Junior's activities, which are my first priority. Thank you for trusting in me until now. How Uh, sad. Like, how many times is he going to call this girlfriend? And he never actually apologized to her either in this this whole apology. It was to Super Junior members. And honestly, there's like 100 of them. Like, if they didn't know, they didn't know. I, I'm I'm not expecting you to be best friends with these people, you know? Uh, and then on top of that, he, he apologized to Elf, which is their fandom name, a billion times in here. And this man is like, he has to be at least 27. Like, what? He's not allowed to date? So he's on the younger side in that group? Yeah, he, I think he's one of the, the maknaes in there because he went to the army a little bit later. Like, he came out later. Oh, wait, nope. He's 33. Ooh. Wow. How who's the youngest member? Who's the maknae of Super Junior? Is it Hicho? I thought it was Hicho. Uh, mm, let's see. No, I think Yo Wook is actually one of the youngest members. I think he is the maknae technically, because Kibum is not in the group anymore. Oh, maybe it's Kyohan. I think he might be the youngest. Yeah, he's thirty-two, so he's the he's the maknae of Super Junior. <laughs> Our 32-year-old Macnay. Yep. Yep. And this 33-year-old man has to write this apology because he is dating somebody. Sad, sad, sad. Okay, like, okay. You know what? I understand you love these 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 men and you know you have been fans for a very long time, but elves, you guys need to get a life if this is really hurting you that much that you're making the man write this this heartfelt letter of apology to you like it's not that deep it's not that serious he's doing something that normal people do normal people actually tend to do it earlier than this so (laughs) it's so strange like i don't understand what it is about the elves that make them like this and not all of them, obviously. I'm sure that there are a lot of elves who are very happy about this news and, you know, happy that their boys are finding love, you know, and being able to date openly and hopefully get married and have kids. Like, you know, most people their age. But like the one that they kicked out. Kicked out of the group, yeah. <laughs> Sungmin, yes. He he got totally kicked out for getting married. Like, that was the only reason. I mean, they wouldn't even kick out, what's his name, Canyon? Until like his third DUI. So yeah. I mean that tells you the priorities here. So I think that the elves that can see the big picture and are operating on a plane of enlightenment and maturity, I feel like you guys need to talk to these other people and try to be more supportive of your idols so that they're not so deathly afraid to reveal that they are in relationships with people you know as adults tend to do i mean it it would be one thing if he didn't want to date anybody but clearly he is in a relationship with somebody that he likes so i think that the best thing to do is to support 
your faves if they're really your faves? Search inside yourself and wonder why you're so intent on ruining the life of a 30-something-year-old man because you can't imagine that anyone else besides yourself would be dating him. I I honestly, like, Shinwa is only, only two of the six members of Shinwa are married right now. And one just got married, like, a couple weeks ago or whatever. And I honestly don't want these idols to be like that, to be in their 40s and getting married for the first time. Like, I just, like, unless, unless they want to, unless they want to, but I just, yeah, I, I really, I really want, you know, idols that I'm fans of to, you know, if they're looking for love to find love and, and happiness and get married and have kids. It's not the end of their career. It's not the end of their being able to tour and things like that. I mean, Beyonce does it. Every, like, people do it here all the time. It's not the end of their career if they, and, and they don't appreciate their fans less. I mean, I feel like they appreciate their fans more when they have family support. So <laughs> I feel like it's a win-win <laughs> if you really want to look at it like that. But yeah, I just, like I seen like um, Jin Jin just got married recently to the stewardess and he was so happy and the wedding was so beautiful and everything was gorgeous and great. And I was so happy for him. And I was just like, I really wish that he found this like 10 years ago, you know, like not like, so he had longer time to sort of like enjoy, you know, being married. And then it's just like, I just don't want other groups like EXO and stuff like that to be like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of hope that they do find love a little bit early if they can, obviously, if that's what they're looking for. And then like Taeyang, they just get married, you know? Um, you know what? I'm not the biggest fan of Baekhyun, yeah. but he is absolutely iconic for dating Taeyang <laughs> and then just living his best life like it was nothing. <laughs> he lost zero fans. Meanwhile, Taeyang was walking around giving fans handmade apology letters <laughs> in the okay, airport. That's not funny. That's messed yeah, up. Double it was standard, actually really but rough. But it's also common. It was, it was kind of funny, but also really rough. Like the It would be more funny there. if it was like not serious yeah, and dumb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But because you know it's serious, it's tough, but... Um, I just wanted to mention that Ari did also have to put out a notice and she was being accused of a whole bunch of stuff. Like, like, I don't know, like, apparently she was a part of, they were trying to link her to some church that I guess was spreading the COVID. And they were saying that they were wearing couple rings when they weren't. And she was, she was, she was in a photo with some other guy who's like her member's brother. And I guess people were trying to insinuate she was cheating or something. Like her apology letter was basically her clarifying thing. Like a whole bunch of lies that are going around about her in the, um, on the internet. So Elf's, Please, please be better. Please do better. And that's all I want to say about that. What's the next topic? Okay, so looks like there's a new report that just came out um, about South Korea's tourism industry, um, specifically their sport, culture, sports, and tourism industry. Um, and coronavirus is out here destroying people's lives. It's destroying people's pockets and it's deflating economies because losses from the COVID-19 pandemic 
have been estimated at 10.7 trillion won, which is equivalent to 9.2 billion U.S. dollars uh, during the first nine months of the year, which, is, in other words, almost a whole year over the whole year, they've lost that amount of money. Um, that's, you know, taken into account the fact that it says here, um, the tourism industry was found to have taken the biggest hit as the number of overseas tourists dropped by 81.9%, which of course is not unexpected. I mean, of course, you know, with COVID, there's been, you know, varying degrees of bans on travel from outright bans to very limited travel. Also, um, some countries are flat out just closing their doors to other countries. Um, I know like a lot, like the, I think, I believe Canada closed their doors to the United States. <laughs> we sure um, did. So, you know, of course, and, and that's just, tourism is huge in South Korea. It's a huge part of their economy. Uh, other, some other factoid sales of the travel industry were estimated to plunge by roughly 5 trillion won from the previous year, while hotels reported a 1.8 trillion won loss uh, in the February 3rd, September 13th period. This is all kind of unprecedented, of course, and it's very big news uh, because what it is telling me is that um, you know, obviously K-pop would fall into this culture, sports and tourism, uh, sector. Um, and you know, a big part of the, the music industry is touring and a big part of, you know, what it brings into a country is that travel. Um, here it says the culture and arts industries were estimated to have suffered a 504.9 billion won loss uh, as shows and ex exhibitions were called off um, and museums and galleries were closed down. So, you know, little things like that are having a huge impact um, on, this, on South Korean, the South Korean economy as a whole. Um, and it's just, very unprecedented it's, and, and very much in line with, you know, it's got you asking these questions about, you know, what is going to happen to the K-pop industry? How is this going to inform the direction of growth in the K-pop industry? How is this going to inform, you know, business decisions? Of course, you know, um, different companies are experiencing this loss in different ways. Uh, especially when we look at, you know, the big three or big four, however you want to categorize it, or <laughs> big two, <laughs> um, yeah. however you want to categorize it. You know, we've seen this impact YG. I mean, YG was already impacted, but we've seen this impact YG. Um, and the only company that seems somewhat, well, I won't say the only company, but I will say that, you know, some companies are being hurt way more than others. And so with all this in mind, what do you guys think is going to happen going forward? And what do you think this means for, you know, these, all these conversations, like going back to what we were talking about earlier with enlistment and how, you know, a lot of these enlistment decisions are made on the basis of how much money do you make the South Korean economy, right? It, 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 that's the reason why, you know, Olympic athletes can be excluded because they're seen as bringing, spreading Korean culture and ultimately bringing money to the Korean economy. So what do you, how do you guys think this informs the K-pop industry going forward? Demon whore, do you want to start? <laughs> yes, I will, I guess. Uh, so 
Actually, I was, I had like a really interesting, interesting, uh, interesting thought when I was um, reading this article. And I believe that last year's numbers being so high as they were might actually have more to do with such the, like the crazy dip. Um, but I'd have to research that some more because I remember last year, remember there were like how BTS brings like all these trillion dollars of one to the economy and stuff like that. Allegedly, I kind yeah. Of, yeah, I kind of wonder if that is also sort of affecting the final numbers um, because if you had like a really big year last year, then of course anything you do this year, even if it goes, even if it's a normal number is going to seem like a low number, you know? Mm. Uh, so I did wonder about that. And I also wondered because this was done, it looks like they, they had done the, or sort of calculated these numbers from like February and on. Um, so well, I, the tourism industry numbers was from January 1st to the okay. September 27th period. Uh, so it's okay. the longest period of all of them um, that was calculated. Oh, okay, because I know, like, whenever I go to Asia, it usually tends to be during the um, Asian or the Lunar or the Chinese New Year, um, mm-hmm. just because um, it's convenient for people who work out there have time for things uh so i wonder if that also maybe um because i thought it was from like february onward and i was like well that's prime time like travel or tourist time frame right from like the new year to like spring summer and 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 fall especially fall is like really big touristy time in like japan and korea i feel like those would be the times that would really see like the hardest hit numbers um but I say all of that to say that um, I do think obviously it is affecting these companies, some more than others. Some can still make fairly decent amount of money with these online concerts that they have going on. Uh, but for the most part, everyone is being unilaterally hit. Obviously uh, we can tell by, you know, some companies and groups deciding going back on things that they, that they never do that they are doing because the economy is crap right now. Uh, so it, it's unfortunate. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like K-pop needed kind of like a pause for a bit. I felt like it was getting really big. And with all, with it getting so big, there were so many people. And with so many people, there were just so many more problems. So I kind of like was okay with a bit of a pause on that. But as we can see, you know, the internet exists. So um, people are still promoting, people are still dropping music, people are still making huge, crazy numbers um, and and charting on Billboard and things like that. So everybody is sort of adapting to this. I think really where it looks like they are really sort of adapting to it is with pure album sales because Blackpink's numbers were pretty insane. And I know Super M did really well. Both of them debuted at number two on the Billboard 200. So there are, and I think it was like with 100K pure sales. And that was just in the United States. Blackpink actually became a million, I think it was like a million seller or either that or 500K, but they did really, really well in Korea as well. So I think a lot of these companies are probably trying to recoup it with pure album sales. And I guess outside of, you know, YouTube views, that's the only way fans can kind of support their faves right now. Um, 
So that might be where they're trying to recuperate some of the money that they are losing from the actual physical tours. Um, I don't think, I don't think that it's, it's going to help as much because touring is such a money-making business, you know, like even in the West, all of these artists, like that's how they make money. They don't make money from albums anymore. They don't make money from, um, you know, streaming and things like that. They make all their money pretty much at tours. And so it's it's kind of interesting to see it affect, you know, the music industry overall, unilaterally. No, it's like an unbiased attack on the music industry um, with 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 the way that they can't tour right now. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of waiting to see. This year has been very interesting. Um, I think that a lot of groups that were supposed to debut did not debut because the companies couldn't afford to do it because without fan meets and things, they just couldn't afford it, especially if it was a startup. Uh, we've seen, I feel like um, SME has really just, like everybody is dropping something every other week, um, especially recently, like NCT 2020, Taman had his solo, Kaya's doing his solo, Bakeyan already had his solo, um, Wavy already dropped something, uh, we might get some shiny, it's EXO, we ha- the only group we haven't had anything from is EXO and I think Red Velvet. Red Velvet, understandably, because Wendy was, you know, so injured, and EXO, not really sure why, but it's it's, that's sort of how they're dealing with it. YG has dealt with it by actually putting some effort into Blackpink <laughs> and dropping what they consider t- to be an album. Um, and JYP is dropping, he has a Japanese group that he dropped recently that seems to be doing pretty okay. Twice is doing everything that they are doing. Stray Kids are out and about uh got seven looks like they're going to be coming back hopefully soon they already had to come back earlier this year and they are going to be coming back soon because jackson was photographed in korea again and so um with big hit text is coming out with an album blackpink the blackpink bts is coming out with their album next month yeah we mentioned they're dropping a new group or something yes we discussed with the comebacks earlier yeah. all of these groups are coming back in uh, october and november yeah. primarily so but i did see lots of like, activity this schedule and it had like every member of bts had their own solo thing that they were dropping on top of the album so it looked like it was like a really busy like didn't know that time. but i, I did see that I see I, here lately these vid- they've been posting these videos of Jungkook in the in the lab. So hopefully we get that. But yeah, yeah. Um, timer went off. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. Ash, did you have anything Ash? to add? Um, no, you summed up things pretty well. I'm good. I'm sorry. It was just <laughs> like that topic was like sort of like not really a topic is but it gave me like a lot of nuggets for other topics so <laughs> just like wait i have so many thoughts about this and none of them have to do with anything with the actual topic i apologize well, well speaking of you know people coming back and the south korean entertainment industry kind of nose diving because of covid um 
at least the film industry is getting something. Uh, Blackpink. Blackpink is coming out with a new documentary called yeah, Light yeah. Up the Sky. It looks good. Um, the official trailer was released yesterday, I believe, November, or sorry, October 6th. Um, and it'll be premiering on Netflix. Um, and it's about, you know, Blackpink's story and their journey from trainees all the way to them being the most uh, influential group right, girl group right now. Um, them paving the way, if you will. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's coming out. It's supposed to air on October 14th on Netflix. And honestly, I'm super excited. It looks well produced. It looks like an actual documentary instead of a collection of like iPhone videos. <laughs> um, no shade there. Uh, it's, it looks, I, I, I feel like it's, it looks like it's going to give me some sort of insight into Blackpink that, you know, will endear you to, if you've never experienced Blackpink, it seems like it would endear you to their personalities. They did in a, a reaction, um, to it, uh, on Netflix's official Twitter. So, uh, if you want to see that, <laughs> that's pretty interesting to see how they react to themselves, uh, th their younger selves, especially. Um, but yeah, I'm super interested in to see what it has to offer. Ash, do you have any thoughts about this? Are you excited to see it? Um, uh, I know that they're mixed <laughs> opinions on Blackpink, so. I don't know if I'll be racing to watch it. Um, I'll probably maybe look at clips and make a determination for myself. Um, I don't know if I am that interested in seeing that much about Blackpink, but it's good to hear that at least they're putting, they put some work into it. I mean, at the very least, if you're going to do a documentary, at least do one that's worthy of their time. Um, and, you know, all the interviews that they did and everything for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a good project for them and a good way to get them out there um, to a wider audience. So, yeah. Okay, and that, what about you? I will watch it. It actually comes out like a week today because it's out on the 14th, right? Uh, but yeah, it looks good. It looks interesting. I bet you they will probably not mention 21 at all. I mean, I really want the tea on that because I think Seal hates them. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I will watch it. I, I do watch 24-7 and I do watch or and I do watch uh, and I did watch Black Pink House. So I have watched their other YouTube sort of docu-series stuff that they've done on their own. So this this does look good, though. It is a very well put together trailer, I will say. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Okay, and speaking of Blackpink and their upcoming documentary, I know we discussed earlier our thoughts on the album, uh, and we talked about their song with Cardi B a little bit, with called Bet You Wanna. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, as a result of that song's inclusion on their album, Cardi B has been flooded with... Uh, toxicity if you will for blinks um it started off innocent as you know as can be with you know blinks you know basically begging cardi to plug the song and plug the album uh and cardi b being the uh, 
individual that she is and has always been known to be uh, had responded to them when they were, you know, kind of spamming her with these requests to uh, essentially promote the album. Cardi fired back saying, you know, I really love the girls, but I won't let you little kids play me. I already got paid to do what I had to do and I won't do any more. Okay. Okay. Um, and this was, uh, you know, after she had tweeted, you know, anyway, stream WAP. <laughs> and I'm assuming, you know, that is uh, something that, you know, really got <laughs> under blank skin. Absolutely. To put it lightly. Um, and, you know, as we know, streaming is really huge in K-pop and it's this whole thing is this whole shebang. And I can see someone feeling like that's a challenge. Um, and, you know, Cardi was hurled with insults. Somebody called her mental. Um, you know, people were saying, you know, Cardi, you're the worst. And Cardi responds saying, you know, nah, y'all the worst. You want to come disrespecting on disrespecting on my shit and playing me. I don't play that. I go hard on promoting everything I'm on, even if it's not mine. But I won't when you keep playing with me like I'm a kid. Um, yeah, Cardi was not here for it. Um, and so after all of this kind of went down and died down, seems that Cardi ended up deleting those tweets and um, posting, promoting the album. I don't know if Blinks got to her or maybe somebody, a part of her team, took her phone away from her, uh, changed her Twitter password or something, uh, because it seemed like she changed her tune after a while. But, you know, we always talk about it on the show. Stands get out of control and... Honestly, I'm of the belief that stands can really sour, you know, future collaborators on an artist. Uh, it's not Cardi's job to promote the album, really. I mean, just, she can promote the song she's on, but even to that, like, she doesn't really have to because, as she mentioned, she already got paid for those of, you know, those blinks who don't know how features work. Once you get paid, it's not like your money is based on the promotion. Your money is just that upfront charge, that flat fee for the most, you know, in most, in the most common cases with collabs. Very rarely is it based on the amount of promotion you do. And very rarely is that a part of any sort of contract. So I, I don't know. I think this was really ridiculous and really embarrassing because it's not like Cardi is some scrub. She's not, you know, some random like Tumblr girl who became uh, a singer out of nowhere. And she, it's not like that. Cardi like has a huge platform and is one of the most, the, the top artists out right now. Do I necessarily like all of her music? No. Do I think she's like this savior? No, not necessarily. I'm just saying like, it's a bad look when Cardi, who is a chart topper, seems like everything she touches rises to the top. It, it just seems really strange to come at her that way. Um, I don't know. What did you guys think about that? Did you, did you know about it? I did hear some about, um, I didn't know the exact content of the tweets, which is pretty amazing, but um, I did hear about she had a run-in with them. It's the same thing with people getting burned by, like, BTS fans and, like, other K-pop stands. Like, I feel like, you know, K-pop fans need to tread lightly because they're 
you know, there is a limit to, I think, you know, people want to work with them because they see the potential money making, you know, that, that can come about. But at the same time, if they're out there harassing the artist and they get with the wrong one or somebody says the wrong thing, I mean, knowing what we know about what some Blinks have said in the past about Black women and, you know, the other issues like with the choreographer and things like that, I could easily imagine someone that you know, a fan that is racist or whatever easily could have said the wrong thing to Cardi and it would have blown up, you know? So they, they need to take a chill pill. Like they're known for being streaming monsters. That's why part of the reason why their faves are where they're at and, you know, do what you're doing, you know, to support your faves and leave, the other artist alone like it's just you know it's not the same deal as in k-pop where people feel so indebted to their fans i mean yeah i'm sure western artists love their fans too or some of them do um but there's not that sense of indebtedness i think like you know people aren't tattooing the names of their you know fans you know, fan club on their fingers. Sorry, Jungkook. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, you know, it is not that whole, it, it's just a different vibe. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's funny how Cardi, like, got back at them. I'm kind of sad that she deleted everything, but like you said, I think one of her managers or something caught wind of it and was like, listen, we don't need this to blow up or anything, so. Yeah, and to your point, um, you know, just to mention, Cardi did say in one of her tweets after someone tweeted her saying, you know, you're mental. She goes, I'm not mental. Uh, I'm just not going to let little kids disrespect me. Y'all make relationships with artists be very weird because of the weird hate y'all be throwing. And y'all was doing that before the song came out. I already got paid. And I don't ask to be on songs. I get asked. So, you know, that right there, you know, with her saying y'all make relationships with artists very weird. Um, I feel like that kind of confirms things that we've always thought about, you know, when fans go too hard um, and do too much. It makes things strange between the people. Um, but yeah, Nat, what do you have any thoughts? Um <laughs> I am actually kind of surprised that the Blinks tried it with Cardi B. Like, I, I just, it seems like a very stupid idea to even try it. Um, as she mentioned, she already got paid. She doesn't ask to be on features. She, she doesn't ask to be on features. She is asked to be on features. And she's not credited as a songwriter. So she really has nothing else to gain from promoting this song. So, I mean, she's well within her rights to be like, yo, I did my job. I showed up. I gave them a fire bar or whatever. And now we're done. And I mean, like Ash, I probably would have been okay if she just kind of sh brushed it off and like went about her business and took care of her baby and continued with her divorce and just forgot all about this. Um but, you know, I do see somebody on her team maybe thinking it's not worth the hassle and maybe wanting to sort of keep the relationship decent 
And uh, <laughs> that's why they deleted the tweets and started streaming the song. But yeah, like the, the, the boundaries are very much set in Western um, music circles, I assume, like between fans and the celebrity and the artist, like there are boundaries and there are concise set boundaries. You know, the things that the entitlement that fans have in K-pop is not a thing that really exists as much in the Western world. And I think that's for a good reason. You know, you don't like to think that you have the nerve to tell an artist what to do with a song that they put out, like that is a lot of nerve. <laughs> and I'm happy that Cardi did speak up for herself because I feel like I wish that a lot of these people who collaborated with these K-pop artists did it more. Um, you know, like Wally and, you know, some of the black artists, especially who work with these K-pop artists, I wish that they were a lot more open and honest about, you know, how weird some of the K-pop fans are towards them, especially, you know, after they get the hype that they got, that they needed, you know, from the the single or from the moment and how they sort of drop the black artists and talk shit about them and like all that stuff. Like, I feel like K-pop artists and with these collaborations, um, also, I feel like the relationship between the K-pop artists and these these you know, Western artists does get a bit strained maybe because of the way that their fa their fans act, you know? Um, like, I could see Cardi just, like, not really wanting to work with Blackpink again and, you know, maybe brushing that off next time they come a-knocking because of what happened with the fans. So, I don't know. <laughs> fans are weird sometimes. But yeah, that's all I have to say. Okay. Okay, so the next topic is another very strange Okay, so when Lovesick Girls dropped, that is the title track of the album by Blackpink, if you don't know, now you know. And there was a scene where Lisa, sorry, where Jenny was wearing a nurse's outfit. And there was a bit of controversy in Korea about this nurse's outfit. Uh, it seems as if there was an ish situation where the where actual nurses actually felt discomfort at the at Jenny wearing this nurse's outfit and I don't want to say like I I totally understand what they're coming from you know because it does sort of I think increase the amount of sort of disrespect that nurses get because people are so used to that like naughty nurse you know sort of trope so I, I actually do really understand where they're coming from with that. But so many girl groups have had concepts where they were wearing costumes, you know, like whether it's a schoolgirl outfit, it's a cheerleader outfit, it's a football uniform, um, nurses or doctors like Mr. Mr. by Girls Generation. They were decked out as, as nurses, I think, or doctors or something. But and so this whole thing was very strange to me that, you know, these people were um, actually quite upset about this this outfit that she wore. And YG heard the complaints and they decided to edit out the scenes with the nurse uniform. And they're going to replace the video as soon as possible. 
Um, they said, while working on the music video for a long time, we did not expect this issue to be raised because the scenes had no specific intention to them. We feel greatly responsible for this and will consider it an opportunity to deeply learn. We relay our apologies to the nurses who felt discomfort and we once again express our respect to all healthcare workers who are working hard for the sake of the health of the citizens. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, I... It's it's hard. I, I I totally understand where the healthcare practitioners are coming from, but also everybody does it. Literally, it's it's October. It is Halloween month. How many sexy nurses are we gonna see? Well, you know, it, I've read I've read comments that were like something that is very interesting that I do think we should do like a an episode on that at some point about you know if Jenny was not conventionally attractive it wouldn't have been as much absolutely as, but because she is it's people are making it more of an issue so I and agree also, there. and also too like from what I recall about the video like she was co- almost completely covered up like the the nurses like, I don't know if it's a skirt or if it's like a one piece, but it went down to her knees at very least. So there wasn't anything really sexy about what she was wearing. I mean, if you compare that to the sexy nurse outfit Tiffany wore one time at one of those SME house Halloween parties, like that is a sexy nurse outfit. What Jenny wore actually looked pretty like, it looked like pretty commonplace. Like it, it didn't look like it was something that you would see at party city labeled as sexy nurse outfit you know that was like i guess sorry like where i was mostly confused about the situation because i like when i looked at her in the outfit and never read as sexy but once again i mean you did mention she is a very pretty girl so if you already see a very pretty girl anything she wears is going to be sexy in some ways right but once again nobody said anything about as if it's your last and they were had that sexy schoolgirl thing going for the most part, um, according to like almost everybody. So now that's <laughs> what's weird to me. Why is it that like there's more fence over the sexy nurse, which in order to be a nurse, you have to be above 18. Mm-hmm. Then there is the sexy schoolgirl, which is very, very creepy. Yeah. And like, I'm looking at gifts of the, the music video and she's like sitting most of the time, like you barely see her legs. Like what about this up? And she's covered up completely at the front. Like there's no cleavage. There's no, you don't see her belly button. You don't see anything sexy, like really about it. So that I, I don't understand what is so, you know, and what, what the groups is. and those guy groups do the same thing. Yep. They wear, you know, outfits like cop outfits fire their cops or firefighters they're whatever i mean and nobody says anything yeah no absolutely like i'm looking literally at gifts of her in this music video and she like her nurse's outfit is pretty pretty long it covers most of it like I feel like what she's wearing as the patient is probably a little bit more problematic because it's like a, a long sleeve shirt and then long boots. So like her, like the tops of her thighs are exposed. Well, um, also boy groups take it a step further and they, you know, they'll straight up wear like crop tops. With like, yep. like, like, why do you need to have your abs out if you're that supposed to be like a fireman? Like, I don't know. 
Yep, yeah. absolutely. I like as I said, I do I do agree with like I do see the point of people who are, you know, health practitioners, especially during 2020 where COVID is you know, raging and ruining lives and, and everything. And and they've put in so much work, you know, like they are at the front line of it. So I totally understand their perspective on it. And I do feel like a lot of patients do take, like they do blur the lines between, you know, the, the, an actual nurse and like the sexy nurse trope. But then like, as you know, Ash had said too, like, like where do you kind of draw the line? People, there are sexy teachers, sexy firefighters, sexy doctors. Like these are all things. Are you going to ban all of those too? Can you not do any of them? AOA had a whole video where there were sexy firefighters. Nobody said anything about that. You know, Blackpink, as as Jimin had mentioned, they had a whole video where there were schoolgirls. Nobody had a problem with that, and they were all past the age of being schoolgirls. So it is definitely a costume. I also think context is a big thing. Like, mm-hmm. from what I remember in the video, like, it was a situation where Jenny was playing both roles. Like, she was, like, on the couch or a recliner or something. And then she, I guess she was playing the patient. And then she was also playing the nurse. And there wasn't, and that was it. Like, it was just a simple, like, she was a nurse and she was, like, looking down at, like, a I don't know. She was holding a clipboard or something. She was looking down and, at herself, the patient. It's kind of oh, weird. okay. Yeah. yeah. And she was, like you said, she, as the patient, she's actually wearing something that was sexier. Um, yes. But she wasn't actually doing anything also as the nurse that was, you know, disrespectful. Like, it. it's just, I... I don't know. I feel like because of who they are and who they're affiliated with, it was just kind of like, let's jump on this, you know, because this is something that they haven't really done before. I mean, the schoolgirl outfit, I mean, I don't think that was a big deal because girl groups, 90% of them have worn schoolgirl outfits in a video at some point. Um, So, you know, Korea doesn't blink at that. But, you know, Blackpink has never actually gone into the costume territory. You know, that's not usually their thing. So, and especially someone like Jenny, who is always kind of the target of controversy in that group, um, for her to do it, I, I just think it was an easy target, easy target for people. Absolutely. I think they, like, netizens really, for whatever reason, anytime they can they will jump on Jenny about things. It's very strange. Um, the way that like people sort of behave towards Jenny. I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's cause she's, she is very pretty and talented and people are just like not having it. <laughs> like it's a hater effect. I don't know. But like that just, yeah, this, this seems a bit silly. No offense. Uh, but yeah. Anybody else want to add something? Nope. Okay, so a friend of the podcast, Jay Park, reads thirst tweets. Did you guys see this video on BuzzFeed? Nope, I did not. (laughs) So he actually read thirst tweets about himself? He absolutely read thirst tweets about himself. And the the funniest thing about it was that he came across as like a really old man. He didn't know what like IRL or ISTG meant. He, 
you know, like he seemed really confused about like even cuff, like when someone said they wanted him to cuff them or whatever, he was like, he had to kind of work it out like what it meant <laughs> it was very strange because i think like jay park is not an old guy so it was kind of strange that he came across as kind of old you know um maybe he just doesn't spend a lot of time on the internet fair enough he's a very busy person uh but yeah so he read like actual thirst tweets and some of them were like pretty inventive <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much they had to search to find them. They don't, though. I've seen a lot of people write thirst things about Jay Park online. Like, and they put up, like, um, videos of him at his shows and stuff like that because he's shirtless a lot of the time. And he has, like, he brings, like, some of the girls on stage and stuff, too. So, yeah, no, he he definitely has has the thirst squad who puts stuff about him on, online. So, they didn't, I don't think they had to search wow. very far. Yeah. Jimin, did you watch it? Mm-mm. Yeah. I think you guys should watch it. I think it was, it was very funny. I, I, I was very amused when I was watching it. He, he actually seemed a little bit shocked that people said things like that online, too. <laughs> it was very strange. He's like, do people actually tweet these things? Like, really? Like... Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was amusing. I thought it was cute. I think everybody should check it out. I think Jay Park should be on the podcast, you know? Um, and I will, I would love for him to read some thirst tweets on when he comes on. Cause I think that I was like really funny. You guys should watch it. I think it'll definitely give you some, some sort of joy in this dreary world that we live in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he came across well. He did, actually. He came across as, like, befundled, you know, kind of shocked. Not very shy. Like, when he was reading out some of them, like, some of the very direct ones, he was like, oh, okay. Hmm, kind of. And, and like, he kind of just went on. Like, he didn't blush or anything like that. Like, you know how you expect, like, K-pop idols sometimes, like, the male ones to act? Yeah, uh, yeah. He didn't act like that at all, but he did seem like. I, I think it was more like how men are confused when women act and say things that they normally say about women. You know, oh, okay. you know, like they forget that women have sex drives and like lust <laughs> and things. So that's what it came across as more. Uh, <laughs> which I have to admit is what most of these videos are like i have you guys ever watched like the other thirst tweet episode like videos yeah, on i have seen yeah some other ones before so i've watched most of them for like my favorite so like sebastian Stan, chris evans um pretty much anybody in black panther you know like i've watched i've watched all of them and most of the time that's how the men react they're like she actually tweeted that like <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's it was cute it was fun it'll definitely put a smile on your guys faces it is a bit nsfw not gonna lie um and nothing like outright graphic like i mean i've definitely heard worse ones but um you know if you're very um inexperienced or underage probably don't want to watch it Hmm. yeah point point to jay park yeah uh so jimin do you want to introduce the last topic? 
Sure. I have no clue how to do this. So I'll just say that um, <laughs> apparently our everyone's favorite group, Masta X, yay. Yeah. Um, did a song, a collaboration with Snoop Dogg on the SpongeBob movie. Ooh. Um, and the song is called How We Do. And I was thinking we could take a listen to it. Or I've invited you all into a special room. Mm. Please come. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Stop saying that. It's not nice. That's how people. Uh, I've been watching documentaries all day. One included was about Vampire Island. Okay, I think everything's creepy right now. What's Vampire Island? It's this place in Greece where they feel like Vlad the Impaler was like um, buried, and they literally like buried who who they think is Vlad the Impaler like into like the infrastructure of this place. It's crazy. It was a crazy documentary. I didn't actually get to finish it yet, but. yeah, it talks about vampirism and on this island of Greece. And it's very interesting. All right, well, send it to me. Okay, let's let's watch it and then give our thoughts. Ready? Yeah. Okay, how we do. Wow. Child, this That's, sounds like an early JYP hit so far. This is not what I was expecting. Really? <laughs> is he what? Yeah, the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run is what it's from. Those parts don't really go together. It sounds like an NSYNC song. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a what song? An NSYNC song. Yep. This sounds you what? kind of sounds like a Bollywood song. I can see that too. Hmm. Yeah. The instrumental change especially. Um, okay. Wow. That was um, <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> it's, it's cute. It's for a SpongeBob movie, so it's like right. It's for them kids. So yeah, yeah, the kids would love it. I think it it matches sort of like that sort of zany energy of SpongeBob. I okay. think somebody who's never watched an episode of SpongeBob, but sees all the memes online. What? Uh, yeah. Oh so, my god! You you haven't lived life. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It it felt like, like Ash said it was like Bollywood. I did sense that. It felt like an NSYNC song, the way that they were singing it. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was just, um, it was different. It's weird because Monster X has been like kind of all over the place this year. Like they dropped All About Love, which was, you know, a banger. And then they had like this commercial song as well that was like disco-esque. And now this, I don't know. It's very, um, plus there are other original releases too, right? So, I, I well, you know, Monster X has always had like a very unconventional, 
like promotional strategy. Like they were one of the first groups that, you know, had the whole idea of going on We Bear Bears, right? Yeah. So they were like one of the first groups that had that like sort of crossover into the American consciousness and American media that's in that true. way. And I think that's really interesting. Um, I feel like a lot of groups can take note of that. I, I know that one big thing with TXT is mm-hmm. like a lot of people are noticing that their photo shoots look very similar to like animes, different anime um, concepts. So like one of them look like Haikyuu, which is the volleyball anime. And then one of them look like this other anime. I forgot the name of it. Um, and then, you know, there's always like the whole thing that um, when during the last Super M comeback, uh, Taeyong looked like Todoroki from my hero academia and i think it would be really interesting for uh, a k-pop group to do like an anime crossover i don't know what anime they could do it with because no literally no animes that i could think of would would you know are set in like the modern like era era and are also like based in reality at the same time you know yeah and honestly it probably would be better like I mean, there is a history of like K-pop artists singing OSTs for these animes. So maybe they they feel like the money's that like that's where the money is and that's where you get the real attention. But to um, me, that's kind of boring. I like the yeah. fact that like Monster X was were actually and like Super M were on all of that. Like they're actually characters in these. I just like that. I think that is so unique and different. I mean, obviously One Direction kind of already did something like that when they were on iCarly. But I just like the idea that these you know, people become characters, but they're still themselves in these shows. It's just super dope. Yeah, no, um, it is really cool. And uh, I would love to see the uh, Super M in like an actual Avengers thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. They have like the Marvel connection now. And it's like official. Honestly, with this Disney having so many properties, they could do like um, a show on Disney XD that's literally based on like the super M uh, members becoming like, I don't know, you know how Spider-Man got bit by a spider. Maybe yeah. they all get bit by something and then they can become like characters yeah. in their own little like Disney XD Marvel show. I think that's more likely because I, you don't mess with the Marvel fanboys. Like I can't see them actually integrating with the actual, like the like, established Avengers. Avengers yeah. Yeah. They yeah. would have to like become like a spinoff, which is in superhero worlds. That's not hard to do. I mean, look at no. the freaking DC universe is literally expanding every two seconds. Like every DC character you can think of has a show on the CW. <laughs> like even well, minor characters in the Justice like League. They're all they're all starting to get canceled just now. So I mean, <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. But, really? Yeah, they canceled Supergirl. Um, they gave a date what? for like the last season of The Flash. I think what? Last Night is like the only one that I haven't seen any. Yeah, Batwoman got a second season. And Batwoman just got a second season, but they also changed the main character. So who knows? Yeah. It's probably on the, the chop and blow block as well, too. And Arrow's already gone. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen there? But uh, yeah, no, okay. I mean, here's my thing you cannot sit up here and give the flash the flash has to go on just as long if not longer than arrow because arrow was to me garbage absolutely it was so boring and don't get me wrong every cw show has elements of garbage but i think the flash was like not that it's saying much but the flash definitely stood out amongst all of those 
other DC superhero shows on CW. The Flash is also Smallville. Yeah, Smallville. Smallville was like, but, but Smallville was like back, like that OG. I'm talking, yeah, that's like more OG. Like, I, I guess I'm talking more some modern day CW because modern CW uh, is like Riverdale and like <laughs> like shows, shows I don't watch. But it's yeah. a bunch of garbage, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Um, but I would say though too, like I mean, it would be very easy for them to be like the Avengers of Korea or something, you know. Like that is definitely possible because there are different versions of the Avengers. It's not just the Avengers as we know it, and like it's a revolving door of, of members and and like there's different versions. Just like the Justice League, they have Justice League Dark. They have that's uh, very true. Justice Coast. League has a so, thousand versions. So I mean, they definitely could do something like that. And I mean, if they're really you know, providing promotional goods, you know, that is official, you know, Marvel goods. It, it's not a stretch to sort of stretch to, I guess, expand on that and sort of make it its own sort of mythos. I guess. Right. Even if it's just like a Saturday morning cartoon, yeah. like it, it, it could be something like a little 15 minute thing or whatever. I mean, I don't see why not. Like when I saw, um, monster x in uh we bear bears mm -hmm. like they fit into the because you know we bear bears is set in you know san francisco and like the idea is like they have this uh friend who's like a little girl and she's asian and like you know there's a huge korean culture in we bear bears that made so much sense for monster x to be a focal point and then like you know panda one of the bears, he's like a fan of K-pop. So it just, it just naturally flowed, you know? Um, oh, I thought one of the bears was actually like Korean. Like I actually thought one of them was Korean or Asian. Like, no, I descent. mean, yeah. technically speaking, pandas are Asian, but like, yeah, like as a species, right? But yeah, like, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Like he doesn't <laughs> speak Korean. He doesn't even know how to say I know I say <laughs> he's a horrible horrible uh example of that if if so but um i'd say like the one of the, one of the better korean characters in a cartoon is um lady rainicorn from adventure time she's oh, actually yeah, korean she did, yeah she did speak korean because the yeah you, like you said the voice actress was korean so yeah so yeah um but no, like I would be excited. Honestly, it would be kind of funny if they gave Super M more of like an adult themed cartoon show, like a like an American Dad type of show. But uh, they would never do that. Never. I know they would never do that. I would never wouldn't even fight. understand the jokes. Like. Yeah, that's true. Like, and I feel like you know they can't do it in Korean because of the fact that it would just not be able to be aired. And then if they did it in English, it would be like more awkward, you know. Yeah, and Mark would be blushing the whole time, you know. <laughs> it, have you seen the thing where the freaking um the guy, what's his name, uh, the producer of Drip? Yes. Like he responded to when Mark was trying to describe it in their little pre-debut show or whatever. Um, and he was like, Why did he just say it's about sex? And we're like, Do you know anything about Mark? or SM or South Korea and K-pop, like you can't just come out and say that this is about sex. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. It's cute. I, I, I like that Monster X is branching out into these types of opportunities. I think it's interesting. Um, it's more than I can say for like, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that they're creating like original soundtrack music. That's not, 
Like, like, you know, when um, I think it was V did the Quadong soundtrack, that was like interesting. It's not just like you're taking your established song and like putting it over, like putting it in the soundtrack. It's like you're creating a whole new thing. And the fact that they did it with the Snoop Dogg is actually hilarious. So well, Snoop Dogg would do anything for for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, is very true. Him and I Steve mean, Harvey are like <laughs> the same person <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah, no, I mean, Snoop was on the the boys remix, right? The boys bring the, yeah, the, girls, the girls bring the boys back. Oh, yeah, he was on the um, remix, the official remix for that. So he was he also has that show with Martha Stewart. And it's just like, I honestly don't know what Snoop Dogg's brand is <laughs> at this point. It's money, money, literally money. <laughs> Shaq and Steve Harvey does their brands money. Um. But yeah, no, I thought that was fun. Uh, and I just wanted to show you guys that and see what you guys are thinking about that. So yeah, yeah that's it. Watch the movie, guys. I mean, from the safety of your home, obviously. Yes, watch Sponge <laughs> Out of Water. Honestly, we need to get Nat to watch SpongeBob. So let's peer pressure Nat into watching SpongeBob since she's peer pressuring Ash into watching Attack on Titan. <laughs> I have been watching it. I just have been on pause. For... I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> she was on pause when she started the first episode. Oh, man, that's funny. I am no longer um, bullying Ash to watch Attack on Titan. Ash will watch it in her due time. Um, We're still going to bully you to watch SpongeBob. <laughs> you can't, like, come on now. You can't be American and not watch SpongeBob. But I'm not American, so it's okay. No, Canada is America Junior. You really tried it. You cannot be. SpongeBob is a global superstar. I know. SpongeBob is like the most famous icon. Like, I will, I honestly, I'd venture to say SpongeBob is the most famous animated icon worldwide. Mm, Okay. He's more famous than Mickey Mouse. I would say he's more popular. You don't think SpongeBob is more recognizable to Mickey than Mickey Mouse? Especially with them kids. Like maybe adults would recognize them equally, but like kids, you ask them who they know, uh Steamboat Willie and his racist friends from Nazi Germany <laughs> or SpongeBob. <laughs> I think know. they would recognize both. Not Steamboat Willie though. But I think SpongeBob would be more like they would be more excited to see SpongeBob. Fair enough. Okay, I'll I'll concede that point. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, that is about it. I think that wraps up the show for the day or night because it is night. Um, before we go, though, let I you know uh, want to reiterate that you know you guys can find us all over the internet. Wherever you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Spotify, etc. I mean, you can find us, Google us, and you'll find us. Um, I want to say rest in peace to Eddie Van Halen, uh, yes. who passed away recently. Um, I want to say, um, oh, I, I went out of order a little bit, but you can also find us on social media at Not Your Average Netizens. Um, on Instagram, you can find us at Nyan Edisons on Twitter. You can find us at Not Your Average Edisons on Facebook. Uh, you can also 
email us at nachoavagemedicines at gmail.com. Uh, and also find us on Patreon at Nyan Edisons. We are uploading uh, album reviews. We are uploading mini sods. We're working on all types of content, different types of things like video essays, uh, early releases. Um, you can find basically anything that is not on our regular podcast you can find it on our uh patreon so if you'd like to become a patron uh we will put a link in the description box and you can see how to get involved in that other than that once again like i was saying there's a piece of eddie van halen shout outs to um well first we want to say you know we hope that anyone who has been personally afflicted by coronavirus um covid19 we wish you all the best um, I do not believe that Trump somehow cured himself of COVID. Um, <laughs> and he is trifling for still going out in public and not wearing a mask, knowing that he's been infected. Uh, we and do not it support to him. Excuse me? And giving it to his team? Yes. Um, and shout out to Claudia Conway for blasting the Republican party, like every single day that <laughs> she exists. Um, we need that type of unbiased reporting in this day and age. But honestly, I don't know what Trump is thinking. I think I, not to make this political, but I do, there's something to be said for like keeping other people safe. And no matter what you believe in, what you think about COVID, don't risk it with other people's lives. Like you've got to be a disgusting human being to do that. And Nat already said earlier that she thinks that certain people are the antichrist. I'm not going to say who she can say, <laughs> but um, she might be right. Though I did read somewhere that the antichrist was would be well liked, and I'm not sure <laughs> that your antichrist is well liked. Uh shout outs also to. Um, that one guy who looks like Bobby, but he's like really cute. Shout out to him. I'll figure out his name at some point. Shout out to Hajime Isayama for making the greatest story ever told. Um, shout outs to Mappa Studios for animating Attack on Titan season four. Um, shout out. I believe that's it. I think that's my main shout outs. Like, really just watch attack on titan honestly it'll change your life you're missing out if you're not watching it um this is not me peer pressuring ash this is me peer pressuring everybody else <laughs> um yeah i think that's all my shout outs I'm, i can't think of anything else shout out to golden child what about you guys uh ash <laughs> um shout outs to um Dollar General Health Original Nasal Spray. Um, you helped me get five minutes of sleep last night. Um, shout outs to Normani. I saw that she's getting some um, recognition in People Magazine and doing some interviews. And I really think we need a black pop girl back in the scene again. So I hope whenever her album comes out, that it comes out in this fire and that she continues to do well. 
Um, shout outs to Jungkook's tattoos, especially the army on his spelled out on his knuckles. No. <laughs> shout out to that sleeve though. We trying to see it. <laughs> Watch it be like a life size like army fan. Like no, right girl. Down his arm. See, I'm gonna be mad if his tattoos don't look like Christian U's. Who's Christian U? You don't know Christian U? Name also familiar. known as the uh what Jungkook could look like in a few years. Um I'll send you uh a Google thing. He's uh I was gonna say delicious for some reason. I think it's because I just got done eating uh, a piece of chocolate. He's handsome. Mm, he could also be delicious. <laughs> oh, also shout out to Kit Kat's uh birthday cake flavored Kit Kats. They're very good. And I had more than I should have had yesterday. Oh, I so. want one. Yeah. Ew, I hate birthday cake flavored things. And I Isn't hate Kit Kat. They ha- Tim Hortons has birthday cake flavored Timbits, and they are the most addictive ones that you could buy. So I'm very excited to try this. Uh, any more, Ash? Nope, I think that's it. Okay, well, shout out to the fly on Mike Pence's head during this debate tonight. Girl, uh, <laughs> I thought you just said you wasn't American. I'm going to need you to make up your mind. I went on Twitter for two seconds and all I see are screenshots of this fly on that man's head. On that man's that very white hair. Icon, okay. <laughs> Let me uh, open up this debate. I need to watch it. Shout out to Jessica Jung for being a New York Times bestseller and author for Shine. She was number five on the list. First K-pop artist to be a New York Times bestseller and uh, to also write about her experiences as a trainee. Shine was a fantastic read. Definitely want to talk about it. Would prefer to talk about with people who have read it. <laughs> but <laughs> we could save that for another time. It's, it's good. Yes. Um, and shout out to Super M and Blackpink. They both debuted on the Billboard 200 number two with over 100K, I believe. Um, in Paris sales for their albums, which is, I mean, phenomenal. <laughs> like, that's insane. Uh, so, you know, shout out to them for for putting K-pop, you know, on, on the map in other ways. Um, it, you know, obviously... Black, Matt, uh, shut up. What? <laughs> I, I, sometimes I just, I really hate you. <laughs> I no, I love say, you. I love you. Keep going. I was just gonna say that BTS is on the charts, and that's fantastic. It's great. It's wonderful too. But you know, some diversity is great as well. Uh, so you want to have other groups and other artists doing the you know things. So shout out to everybody who's on the Billboard charts right now. Very proud of you guys. And shout out to us. Shout out to you, the listeners. Thank you so much for for listening. We would love to hear some feedback from you guys. I don't know if you guys are afraid or what's going on there, but feel free to reach out to us. We don't bite. We're nice people. And yeah, that's about it for me. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. And we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.